So this morning we are commemorating, marking Ascension Day. It's a difficult concept really to get our minds around uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is hard enough for us in our human condition to get our heads around, but, but ascension is something even more of a mystery to us as Christians, I think. And so as I read the scripture from Ephesians this morning, um, I pray that you would hear there's a difference between listening and hearing. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that each of us would not just listen, but that we would hear Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit, bringing the words of my mouth to light. Put me aside, Lord. Speak through me. Use me as an instrument of your Holy Spirit power that we might understand this miraculous mystery of the ascension. In his name, I pray. So as this is Ascension Sunday, I want to take a look at this extraordinary event, the ascension of our Lord through the eyes of Paul's prayer to the church at Ephesus. We find this in the first chapter of his letter to the Ephesians. It begins at verse 15. Hear the word of God. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness? of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the age to come. He has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. See, Paul is reminding us here that a church whose members have faith in Jesus, a church whose members also have love toward all the saints, that is, those who have Jesus in their hearts and confess him with their mouths. 
A church whose members do these two vitally important things is something to be treasured. It's something to be thankful for. Something to be consistently, continuously lifted up in prayer. Do we do that? Do we lift one another and this church, this body of Christ, up in daily, regular, continuous prayer? Lifted up in prayer, not just generally, Paul's saying, but specifically for two things that are of great value and worth and importance in the kingdom of God. Paul says, when I, when I heard of the solid trust that you have in our master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks. And Paul says, I, I do more than just thank. I ask. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to give you two things. One, a spirit of wisdom. I pray for him to make you intelligent, make you aware. And the second thing I pray is that he would give you a spirit of revelation. That is to make you discerning, to make you able to discern what is of him and what is not. Why do you suppose Paul prayed for those two specific things. Why? What is it about wisdom or intelligence and revelation or discernment? What is it about those things that caused Paul to pray for them specifically for you and for me, for us, the church? I think it's so that as we get to know Jesus more deeply as we get to know our Savior more personally so the eyes of our heart will be opened what does that mean exactly so that in knowing him personally our eyes your eyes my eyes our eyes will be focused and clear so that you and I can see exactly what it is he's calling us to do. So that we can grasp, the message says, so that we can understand the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. So that we understand, I like this, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Wow, if that was just left up to us, what, a, what an immense weight of responsibility we would have weighing on us and we would all feel about this tall. That's crushing. But it's not up to us. That's the good news, isn't it? As we grasp the immensity of this glorious calling that he's given us, what does God do? He gives us endless energy and boundless strength 
In other words, he equips us to accomplish that which we have been called to do. All this energy doesn't come from our own power. That's a good thing. No, it doesn't come from within us alone. It comes from Christ. And this is the reason, hang with me, this is the reason for the ascension. It's not just Superman Jesus rocketing into the sky. It, it wasn't a, a, a show of look what I can do. I can fly. That wasn't the purpose of it. It was amazing. Yes, the, the, the Bible says the disciples just stared into the sky. And God knew that they would be doing that. I mean, wouldn't you, if you had been there, just stare where he can fly? Uh, we've been with him for three years, and he's never flown, people. And he sends his angels to say, well, what are you doing looking up there? The same way he went, he's coming back. But in the meantime, you have stuff to do. Yeah, it's amazing. But there's a reason for the ascension. See, God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deepest heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments no name, no power exempt from the rule of Christ. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it. All of it. He has the final word on everything. Can we agree on that? Can we agree that Jesus Christ has been put in charge of everything? And at the center of all this, Christ rules what? The church. The church. See, the church is not peripheral to the world. It's not on the outside of what the world is doing. No, the world is on the outside of what the church is doing. The church is Christ's body. It's how he speaks, how he acts. It's how he fills everything with his presence in the world. It is the center of what's going on, what God is doing in the world, the church of which you are a part. You are a member of the body of Christ, the church. And so you have a purpose. Whether you're aware of it or not, you have a purpose. And my prayer is that you will become more in tune with what God's purpose for you is while you're here. It's not just you're born, you get a job, you pay taxes, you retire, and then you pass on. There's a purpose for you. Doesn't matter how young or how old you are, you have a purpose while you're here. That's what this means for all of us. The ascension means for us individually, for this congregation, for these members of the body of Christ and that are gathered here in this church we call Countryside, which is part of the universal church. It means that as this church, each and every member of it, all of us sitting here, regardless of age, gender, economic status, whatever 
categories you want to put yourself in, regardless of those, each of us is called to a specific ministry, called to that purpose that God has for every person in the body, that purpose that we figure out through prayer and through wisdom and discernment. That's why Paul prayed for those things. And when we pray for those things, we get answers to specific those specific prayers, those things that Paul describes to us here in Ephesians as we're called, we don't need to concern ourselves. We don't need to worry about where we will get the intellect, the wisdom, the, the strength, the energy to accomplish those things. We don't need to worry about that because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that he sent. See, Jesus ascended to the right hand of God, not just to rule the universe, but so that he and the Father could send the Holy Spirit to give us everything we need. He put every tool into our tool bags so that we can accomplish all that he has for each of us and for those we serve, for those people that we tend to, those people that we minister to as ministers of the faith, which everyone in this room is, he gives us what we need. You have what you need. And what's even more amazing is we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit that he sent, enters into our very being. I want you to think about this for a minute. Put on your, your spiritual thinking cap. Maybe it's made out of foil. I don't know. Spiritual thinking cap. And think about this. That when we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit doesn't just descend on us with a tongue of fire as it we'll learn about next week when we talk about Pentecost. But he dwells in us. He doesn't take over our personality. and He doesn't, it's not possession. Let's not, let's not enter into that thought process. It's an indwelling where God has chosen to make you and me his temple on earth. Used to be they built a great big building and they created the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant sat and only the priest could enter in and it was protected from everything else of the world by a big thick curtain they called the veil. And when they crucified Jesus on the cross, when he took his last breath, the earth shook and the clouds gathered and the veil was torn. Now, I, I don't want you to think that it was a, a thin shear. No, this was thick, heavy. Couldn't be rendered in two by the strength of men or horses. This was constructed to last for the duration of the temple. And God tore it like it was paper. Why? Because no longer was God 
in the holy of holies only to be seen by one man one time a year, some priest. No, access was granted to you and me and every single person that claims Jesus Christ as Lord access to God himself through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and then by invitation, spiritual thinking cap time, by invitation you become invited into the Godhead Father, Son, Holy Spirit who dwells in you and because he dwells in you transports you into the midst of the Trinity so that you can have a relationship with God the Father that you haven't had since the fall except for Jesus. Oh man, that's crazy stuff, Pastor. Ascension Sunday was not so much the end of something as it was the beginning of something. It was the, the something that daily builds the kingdom of God on earth, daily brings glory and honor to the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That something that was born when the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus and by God the Father to dwell in you was the church. See, you have a purpose in this world, in this life. You have a purpose. That something is the church, the body of Christ, which is the movement of God in the world for the purpose of making disciples of Jesus Christ. Why? For the transformation, the redemption, the recreation of God's world. That falls on you. More so than it does on me. My job is to equip the saints. Your job is to be ministers of faith in the world. All I have to do is study hard and be able to tell you the truth. And then you have to take it and run with it. Now, I'll walk alongside you. I promise you that. But you are the ministers of the faith in this community. For the transformation, the redemption, the recreation of the world. And that's why we mark this day, this Ascension Sunday, to remind us of who he is. To remind us of who we are. But more importantly, most especially, to remind us of who we are in him by the power of his Holy Spirit that dwells in us. That's Ascension Day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.